0: Went to town riding on a pony. Ooh, stuck a feather. Bitter... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. I, I don't know why that. that... In, in a few years. I don't,
0: I don't know why. It's yeah, a few, maybe like two decades. I don't know why it was in my head, but it sure was. Yankee Doodle.
2: Hey, speaking of Yankee Doodle.
0: Ooh, clean segue.
2: Yeah. I want to see. I want to hear where this is going.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> there's a guy that didn't record podcasts. You, doodle, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm just I'm excited to be back because I feel like we recorded some pretty strong episodes. I don't know. We've made a turn in our podcast life. 600 episodes in. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. The, the things that our listeners care about and uh, our topic today especially is, is a, an important one because we have such a long track record of success and so much stuff to celebrate. This episode, we're talking about the beach body challenge and the results for this year as if there could not be any more things fighting against people having successful results um, with changing their body type. And we basically, as a Coyote fitness community, just slapped COVID-19 in the face.
2: (laughs) RKO off the top rope. Just, (laughs) (laughs) Just three count. It's over. Yeah, it's over. So
1: I know, 100 you've been talking a lot about this uh, in person, inside uh, the gym, and you're pretty proud of these results. So we just wanted to give you some space to build out a little bit to share with the, the listening audience um, a couple of different things about it. The, the things that went well, why they went well, uh, the things that you knew going in, because we all know that you're a scratch it out in a notebook kind of guy. And you love when a plan comes together. So um, let's start here. Let's just start with like the, the amazing results that people achieved inside these few weeks in this format.
2: Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome to see. Um, I can't even remember. Did we talk about the Beachbody Challenge? We did, didn't we? Yeah, we we kind it was of coming it up. Yeah. yeah. Did we break it down, how it worked and everything?
1: This is the confused face.
0: Let's, <laughs> per, let's, per,
2: let's pretend we did, but then give the synopsis version of it right okay so uh beach body challenge uh is something that we've done I think this is probably the fifth year we've done it and it was something we came up with uh to try to get a little bit more um, information and diet coaching help with our members. It's really hard to you know to get information out to them when you only see them an hour a day and for for so many of our members diet is the thing that's going to change their life more than anything even more than coming to the gym and so we're always trying to find ways to, uh, help them, uh, with that and, and just inform and teach. And so, um, who doesn't love a good challenge? Uh, so it's something that we've been, uh, tweaking and playing with, and I'm really happy with, uh, what we've kind of come settled on the last couple of years. And, uh, we, we didn't change a whole lot from last year. Um, we just kind of updated it, made it, made it fancier and gave them, guide book to take home and all that type of stuff uh this year but basically um we've always done it kind of leading into spring break um and obviously that wasn't we weren't able to do that this year with everything going on so we pushed it back it's usually a six-week challenge we had to drop it down to five weeks because we want to be done by the fourth of july Um, but basically how it works is we have an initial meeting and they do a body scan And uh, then we help them set their macros on their fitness pal. And every day we give them six things we want them doing. Um, And this year we tracked it on um, sugar wide, which is where we have everybody post their scores uh, for their workouts. And they would post how many points they got every single day. Um, So you could get a point for eating within 90% uh, accuracy on your macros within 90% of eating food quality, which would be foods from the list provided that we gave them. You could get a point for coming to the gym um, and doing a class workout or doing the class workout at home. Um, And then you get a point for doing 30 minutes of exercise, which can be walking or whatever. So if you come to the gym, gym, you would really get two points because you get a point for both of those categories. Uh, Then you get a point for drinking 100 ounces of water and you get a point for uh, being in bed for eight and a half hours. Um, with the idea of getting eight hours of sleep, giving them a 30-minute buffer to to fall asleep. Um, And uh, you do that every day for five weeks, so it was 35 days total. You had a possible 210 points. Now, Sunday, uh, we didn't want people working out, so you wouldn't get a point for the gym that day, but you do get a bonus point if you didn't drink that week. So it all uh, evened out to six six points a day is the possible score. Um, And we saw the same thing this year as we did last year. Um, the people with the most points were the ones who, uh, had the most change in the body fat. It's almost like a direct correlation. Um, so kind of how we, we judge the, uh, the winners was there's four categories. So we did the body scan, uh, on an in body, um, before, and then we scanned them again at the end of the five weeks. So we looked at three different categories, uh, from that, from those scans, uh, we looked at muscle mass gained. We looked at body fat pounds lost, and we looked at body fat percent lost. Um, so we don't, we're not looking at weight. We don't care about the weight. I mean, obviously weight is one factor, but we care much more about what your body fat percent is. And that's what the, what the ultimate goal is with it. And then the, the fourth category was total points. Um, so that's kind of a, brief overview of the of the competition and how it was laid out uh we ended up having about I think it was almost 40 uh competitors across the three locations and uh like you said I'm always a big numbers guy so I you know I crunched all the numbers and uh we calculated the winners and I also participated this year myself uh so it was uh I didn't I didn't I wasn't a part of like the winnings, the winners, but I was, I was doing along with everybody else. Like I couldn't win or anything, but, um, so across the, uh, the, all the people who participated, um, the average was right over 2% uh, body fat loss, which is pretty amazing. Um, in five weeks, uh, that's not a very long period of time and to lose 2% across that vast of group. That's pretty awesome. The three winners, um, so the top three people, each one prizes, uh, they each lost over 4% body fat, uh, wow. which, which is pretty amazing. I mean, you think about that over five week period, losing 4%, um, is, is phenomenal. Um, the top two <laughs> body fat percent loss were both 4.6%. So almost 5%. So that's like almost a percent a week, which is, I mean, 5% body fat is a complete makeover. Like you look completely different with five percent less body fat, so uh, it was noticeable um, in seeing um, seeing them. So my wife ended up being the winner, which was pretty pretty amazing. Um, but I I I, I, was, I saw her the whole five weeks. She was so extremely diligent with it. She would come home after work at like eight o'clock at night and have me go outside and timer, her so she could do that home workout. She was preparing her meals. She was getting, you know, getting her water and uh, eating consistently every single day. Um, And so she ended up having the second most points. She had, I think, 198 out of a possible 210, but she forgot to log her points one day. Um, So she really probably had gotten like 205 or 204 out of 210, which is like, I don't know, like 98% or something like that. I'll get you valedictorian. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, uh, um, I ended up losing, uh, I think I lost the most actual body fat, which I had a lot to lose. Cause I put on some over the, <laughs> over the past year, but I, I lost like, uh, I think 12 pounds of body fat over the five wow. weeks, um, wow. which my body is going to adapt pretty quick because you know, it's, I've been doing this for a really long time. Um, and so it remembers, you know, how it's been. So I figured I would lose that pretty quickly when I got strict with it. Um, but we, uh, the the second most body fat pounds lost was the girl who got second. I think she lost, uh, Uh, 9.5 pounds of body fat. And then, uh, the most muscle gained was, uh, the winner who, which was like 3.5 pounds of muscle gained. Um, and so that was, I mean, it was uh, just across the board. It everybody did really good. Um, top three people light did awesome i mean it was you know to lose over four percent body fat and in five weeks is pretty incredible
1: so what do you think i mean those the numbers actually speak for themselves so it's it's not like we need to explain that how you guys have put together the beach body Challenge is, is effective we get that part what makes it so effective is it the consistency is it the backing away from the alcohol is it you're finally eating as much as you're supposed to be eating i mean what do you think really gets the results here? If you could pick one or two elements that probably make the most difference.
2: I mean, it's the consistency. Uh, I mean, and and that just is shown by the people who have the most points, AK are the most consistent, are the ones that make the most progress. And we've seen it every single year. And it's not about having the perfect macros. It's not about having the perfect fat to carb ratio and timing it right. It's about doing it. Um, it's it's about doing the right things consistently day in and day out so the whole idea of this challenge was let's figure out the the things that are going to give you the most bang for your buck as far as body composition change and let's do them every single day and let's track it so we know um and what one thing we did this year which was really cool was give them we we sent them each a uh recap summary of their um beach body challenge so we we sent them a like a one-page pdf and it gave them how much uh muscle they gained how much body fat they lost what their body fat percent change was and then their total points but we broke that down out of 210 and then gave them a percentage on that everybody's been in school everybody understands percentages um and so uh the top uh two uh girls were over 90 percent Um, like I said, and then the third girl was like, I think she was 79%, but I think she had just forgotten to log some days. Um, and so I think she actually was a lot more consistent. She just forgot to log some of the days in there. Whereas some of the people who didn't do as good, I mean, they were down 20, 30, 40%. I mean, we all know from school that that's a failing, uh, percentage. And so that just goes to show you like the more, the people who are the most consistent were the ones making the most most progress. And, uh, so those, I mean, it's not surprising. It's what we've seen, you know, we've seen over the years, but then when you can actually put it down on paper and show people like, Hey, um, if you are really want to make progress, you got to be more consistent. Um, or it's like, Hey, you, you made so much progress because you were consistent. And so that's, that's what we see time, you know, time in and time out, uh, you know across the board the people who are the most consistent coming to the gym um and the people who are the most consistent with eating and tracking their food are the ones whose body changes the most
1: yeah we talk a lot about consistency here and it strikes me that stuff that's a part of the beach body challenge is part of that pdf that we released to all members if you'll focus on these things you'll see you know differences with the rest and with the intake with your nutrition, with water. But I think, you know, there's one stat that I think, especially coming out of quarantine or wherever, wherever we are right now on the timeline (laughs) of history, um, you're able to actually maximize your workouts better. If you haven't had three drinks the night before and got five hours of sleep, you're able to push a little bit harder and get more results for the workouts you're actually doing. I don't, I don't know that we've talked a lot about those that statistic, Cause it's a little hard to measure, but if you're in a workout fighting the day before you just don't get as much results from the exact same time you spend in the gym, you know? Don't, so you uh, yeah. that?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and the people who I talked to, um, you know, a couple weeks in there were some people who are already noticing some huge differences. Um, and they would come and say, wow, I'm recovering a lot better. I'm not as sore. Um, I'm able to have more intensity in the workouts and um you also see it with they're coming to the gym more often because they're not so beat up they're recovering better they're getting more sleep they're getting more water um so they have the energy to go and work out and hit it hard and you start seeing their numbers increase on sugar Wild. that's one of the coolest things about sugar Wild. i'm always looking at it every day and monitoring it and seeing what the times are seeing what different people get and you could see certain people who are being very consistent their numbers they're starting to move up the board the the board and I mean we don't ever tell people like let's let's measure yourself against somebody else it's always about um you against you and trying to get better but you can tell like wow so-and-so is is you know comparatively doing better on workouts than they were a few weeks ago which is pretty you know in only a few weeks to be to to be doing drastically better on workouts is pretty good um there was one, um, one testimonial that was, was pretty awesome to hear. Um, it was a two or three weeks in and it was a Saturday and a, a Saturday morning in Madison. And I was working at the computer and, uh, one of the girls who was doing the beach body challenge came in and, um, she told me that, uh, she's like, I just want you to know that the beach body challenge has changed my life. And I was like, Oh, well, that's cool. I, you know, I was thinking to myself, wow, you know. Maybe yeah, cool. Just, cool,
0: cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Well, cool, she,
2: <laughs> she's fine. You know, maybe she's she's finally getting control over eating. Maybe her body's starting to change or whatever. And, you know, people get really excited when, when they finally start seeing results, um, especially, like, when they're leaning up if they've been trying to do it for a long time. So I thought that's what she was talking about. And she was like, no, you, you, you don't understand. Like, I've been having – you know, stomach issues for pretty much my entire life. Mm. Um, I've had, I'm on three different medications. I've had multiple procedures. And um, in the last two weeks, um, since we started the Beachbody Challenge, like all my symptoms are completely gone. I don't have to take my medications anymore. And um, she said, I, I finally, you know, cut out the foods that were causing the inflammation. And which was, just, I mean, that was just so awesome. Like she was about to start crying. And I could tell it was just so emotional for her cause she had been dealing with that type of stuff for so long. And to finally find a solution for it, um, was really awesome to to help her be a part of that. And she said, she had talked to her doctors about, do you think I could have food sensitivity and maybe it's something I'm eating? And they're like, Oh no, it's not that it's, it's probably the ibuprofen you're taking. <clears throat> and she said she wasn't even taking ibuprofen. So that was pretty frustrating. Um, but that, that just shows you how powerful what we eat is um, to our to our gut health and and how we digest foods um, can literally change our health and the foods that we eat. If you start looking at them, at them as medicine, it can literally change you know whether you're healthy or sick. Um, and I've talked about that before about how I cut out foods that I wasn't digesting well and I stopped getting sick all the time. And you, we see that over and over and over for people. So. Uh, you know, we took a pretty bare bones approach with the foods on the list and a lot of people were cutting out, started cutting out foods. They have been eating daily for years and started noticing almost immediately that they were recovering better. They had more energy. They were, uh, able to work out with more intensity and do it more consistently and their body started changing. And so that was, that was one of the coolest, uh, stories. And she wasn't even one of the winners. Her body changed a lot she got, she had tremendous progress, but she wasn't even, uh, you know, one of the top three. So that was, that was a cool story.
1: Yeah. Well, two, two things I want to pull out of that, that, because I know um, we've got an episode planned in the future that kind of centers around nutrition and the things we're discovering about it. But one thing that bears mentioning is inside of our, all of our locations, we've had some programming, self-imposed programming limitations, (laughs) um so i think it's worth talking about especially in our our genre of fitness uh it isn't this isn't the result of people being in there completely destroying their bodies and workouts for multiple hours a day pushing sleds flipping tires doing heavy snatch i mean most of this most of this time there was not even a strength component to the workout, if I'm correct on this, yeah. uh, if they're following the class workout. And there, there wasn't a whole lot of time spent in the rig uh, nope. doing gymnastics movements. You're talking about, I don't want to say very basic, but it, it was um, getting the body moving and doing it in a varied way. I mean, it's just, when you say the basics of nutrition, we're also experiencing the basics of physical programming, correct?
2: Yep. Oh, it was, it was, very, it was bare bones. We didn't, I don't think we did any, uh, anything on the rig till the last week of the beach body challenge, you know, our classes were 45 minutes long, so we could clean. Um, we weren't doing really any extra strength. We did a, a, a little accessory strength a few times, but not a whole lot. And that was something that I wanted to do too, because in the past I've been able to, um, uh, you know, make body change pretty quickly. And, and one reason is because I was working out three hours a day. Mm. And so I wanted to, um, do this by just doing the class. So what I did personally was I did the performance workout every day for six, six days a week. So, you know, six hours or less of train of, of training a week for five weeks. I didn't do anything more than that. I didn't do any extra cardio. I didn't do any extra lifting. Like you said, we weren't doing strength. We were just doing, you know, constantly varied functional movement at high intensity, six days a week. And, um, and I was able to lose, you know, 12, 12 pounds of body fat and, uh, put on a couple pounds of muscle, um, by doing that. Um, but I did want to talk about that a little bit is one thing that we did see, um, from a lot of people was, um, muscle loss, uh, a little bit of muscle loss. And we would like to see us be able to at least hold on to that muscle when we're losing weight. Now, if you're losing, 10 15 pounds of body fat it's going to be really hard to do that in a short period of time without losing muscle so a little bit is okay but when it's consistent over a lot of people we do see that we want to uh, make some changes and number one we weren't doing strength like you said and so adding that strength portion into uh, the class is going to help the people um to put on muscle a little bit more especially people with um you know, maybe that are a little bit older and it's harder for them to put on muscle um, or maybe without as much of a, a, a training background. So their body hasn't built that muscle up already. We do need to do this strength training um, to to do that. So that is extremely, extremely important. And that's something that I want people to take away from this is like to change your body fat percent a lot. You have to be doing strength training, you know, a couple of times a week on top of, of your conditioning and everything. Um, so that's one takeaway. The other was some people were eating too little and they lost, maybe they lost a lot of weight, but they also lost a lot of muscle. So they were, um, their body fat percent didn't go down as much. And so that's something that's very common when people, uh, want to lose weight. They just set their calories extremely low and they're not getting enough carbs to be able to support muscle, um, growth or muscle, uh, maintenance. And so that's another thing that people have to be very wary of when they are um, trying to lose weight, that they're not at too much of a calorie deficit, that they can't support their muscle. Because if you lose 20 pounds and 10 of those are muscle, your body fat percent might even go up uh, because, you know, we we talk all the time about how important muscle muscle is to to overall health. And we want that body, per- body fat percent going down. We don't necessarily care as much about the scale and what that number is. And a lot of people just get so obsessed with what that number on the scale is, but that's not telling the whole picture at all. And that's why we invested so much money in a, a body fat scanner, because we want to be able to accurately tell people um, what, their, what their body fat percent is, what the breakdown is between muscle mass and, and uh, fat mass. And um, you know, what your metabolic rate is and um how we can determine, you know, how much you should be eating. Like that body fat scanner, every time you do it, it tells you what your basic metabolic rate is. So what that is telling you is if you did literally nothing all day, that's how many calories you are burned. Well, if you're coming and you're working all day and you're coming and doing class, um, you're burning a lot more than that. So if you're eating way less than what your basic metabolic rate is you're at a huge, huge deficit. And it's going to be very hard for you to, uh, be able to, to be able to hold on to muscle. And so that's, that's one of the beauties of being able to do that, that in-body scanner is it tells you all that great information. Um, and so that, that's why we, we, we love it and we use it so much because, I mean, we can literally look at that and see what, what's going on and troubleshoot and say, hey, let's change this, hey, let's change that. Um, and keep, keep fine tuning until we get to where we want to be.
1: Well, I definitely, I want to circle back and and talk about this. We, we don't want to attack healthcare professionals because a lot of them are starting to shift their mentality and we know a few of them. Uh, yeah, but, no. And, and that
2: was, yeah, that wasn't my intention at all. I was just, you know, just saying what she had said and kind of her experience, Well, no, I'm um, kind of
1: wanting to pull that out a little bit because you know we we do see the the tide shifting inside the medical community uh, because they see daily the results of the approach they've been taught. However, it is difficult to find, and most of us, because of financial limitations, are zipping through to try to see a, a GP, and that GP has seen 40 other patients that day. And of those 40, 38 of them aren't really concerned about addressing the cause. They just need something to make the symptoms go away. Um, But I think we, you know, we often look back to this in that where are you investing your money in yourself? And so many people are paying that um, uh, medical insurance, they're paying that copay, and they're doing it over and over and over again and, and getting the same results. What you get when you're inside of a community like ours is you're able to approach a staff that legitimately cares about the long arc in your story, has the time, sometimes doesn't have the time, but takes it anyway, to listen to the story, see what maybe is going on, and is able to see this main advantage that we have over the medical community. We're able to see people four days a week, you know, and hear about what's going on in their life and be able to adjust strategies accordingly, and, uh, and our default position is not a pill. It's a, it's a process and that's yeah. really, really helping people. And it is awesome to see. You can tell people are walking in just lighter, uh, because they're not fighting all those symptoms that they were before. And I was the exact same way. I mean, I convinced myself that I was going to be living on antibiotics. I was going to have an upset stomach all the time. I was going to feel weak. When I did get sick, they were going to have to up the milligrams of Levaquin. Cause that's what had happened for five years, 10 years in a row. You know, I was having conversations with doctors about how I was getting to the top of the allowable milligrams of leviquin because I was approaching some sort of immunity. It was a crazy discussion. Yeah, um, I haven't been on an antibiotic more than once a year for the past. I mean, you, it, it's it correlates directly with my time of walking into Cody Fitness at the old location. The medication just seems to drop because you're teaching your body to do different things. So. I just think we should put it out there as a very honest commentary that if you're looking for an effective personalized solution, uh, a lot of times an an overwhelmed GP is not the place to go in my opinion.
2: Oh, absolutely. And that's why we, we have our diet coaching program is we want to be able to work with people and we get a lot of, um, a lot of people who are, who don't want to pay, you know, for the diet coaching, um, but they'll pay for, you know, the, uh, the doctor's visits, not think twice about it. Um, and, and that's something we're trying to, to change the mindset of people in that, Hey, if you're willing to invest your time and your money into learning how to eat correctly for a year, it will literally change. It can literally change your life and it will teach you how to eat for the rest of your life. And if people look at it as an investment, they will be saving themselves thousands and thousands of dollars down the road, not to mention all the, you know, the health benefits that they're going to get and the emotional benefits of, of not being, maybe not having, having trouble digest food and not getting sick all the time, all that type of stuff like that, that girl who doesn't have to take, you know, medicine medication anymore and has been dealing this for a really long time like what's the value that you put on being out of pain and being out of that um that issue that's been plaguing her so long i mean you can't even put a value on that like that is i mean that is i mean some like it it's it's so much it's so much value that you couldn't even put a price tag on that like being out of discomfort and pain and being sick all the time and having to worry about all that like that is that is invaluable you know it's priceless and so that's something that we are trying to help as many people as we can do is say hey there is a way to change your life by looking at what you're eating and and um fixing it and learning how to eat um that uh, in a way that's going to support your life and not make you sick all the time and so that's something that we're constantly trying to trying to help people with and it's such a change in uh, mindset for most people because we aren't taught to, to think that way when it comes to health. Um, and so it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's something that we're constantly working at to try to help people with.
1: Well, it's so good to be able to celebrate um, another year of this being successful. So wrapping up this segment, let, let me ask this question. Do we have, do our uh, clients have to wait another year to engage in this process? Can they pay to opt in? What's the, what's the uh, story there?
2: I mean, if somebody wants to do it, uh, I, I would love to help them. You know, we have these manuals that we've already made. We, we can print out more and we'll we jump in with anybody at any time. Um, and it's something that we want to get in front of more people. You know, we've been discussing ways to maybe go in businesses and help them and maybe do some type of, um, you know, beach body challenge with a business and help them, you know, learn the basics of eating and, and habits and all that type of stuff but it's also part of our diet coaching program and it's something that Caleb does, you know, with every single person that he does. And he looks at even, he goes even a lot deeper than we do with this and, and personalizing and finding out about the individual person and why they have trouble making changes to their diet. Maybe, maybe they're emotional eaters or they have trouble snacking and you know, at, at on weekends and, and getting to the actual root cause of things. And it, I mean, the stuff that he's doing with people is just tremendous. And, you know, we, we always are, have room to take more people on with that. And we're training other people to be able to do diet coaching as well. So that's something that we can work with people. We also offered, uh, gave a special offering to all the people who did the, the beach body challenge so they could get a, uh, a discount on their first month if they decide to do diet coaching which is something that I hope some of them will do because, you know, let's be honest, uh, last year we had the beach body challenge. And then there are some people that, that did it again this year because they had great success and then they let it slip. And then they're back, back w- close to where they were the year before. Whereas if you can build these habits and sustain them, not just for five or six weeks, but for, you know, five or six months, think about you know, how far they along they would be if they were able to continue that for that period of time. And that's what we try to do with our diet coaching is like, Hey, give us a year, let us get you, you know, to where you want to be and teach you so much that from, for the rest of your life, you know what you need to do. And you're already um, where you want to be as far as body composition. And so that's something that we, you know, we, we want to help as many people with, with that as we can. And we're really trying to, to grow that side of things because, we see how, how beneficial it is for, for people, especially the people who have been coming to the gym for years and are frustrated because their body isn't changing. And it's all, you know, it's not the consistency in the gym. That's the problem for them. You know, it's a, it's the, it's the other things outside the gym and, you know, it's, it's hard to watch somebody, you know, beat their head against the wall and try all these other things that aren't working when you, you know that you can help them. So that's kind of where we're at with that.
1: Awesome man, awesome! What a good report. So, this segment I've been so eager to introduce this episode.
0: Outside
1: the box. Hey, thank you for backing off the mic there. <laughs> yeah, we a all little, appreciate that. Yeah. Got a little Zoom reverb happening right now, so uh, <laughs> we have a pretty interesting topic for our outside the box. Something that maybe our fellow Mississippians would be hesitant to admit, because let's be honest, we have to defend our location so much um, for so many valid reasons, but it's home and we love it here. But everyone has designs on where they would live if they didn't live where they lived. Do you like that sentence? A little Dr. Seuss for you there. That's pretty good Uh, there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So it's actually something that the three of us think about more often than we we would like to admit but it happens naturally You visit a place and you're like wow this is a nice place i think i'd like to live here so we're gonna bat around go with our top three places if we were forced to choose uh not that we're looking to leave the great state of mississippi uh but if we were forced to choose another place that we would like to set up home base chase is nodding all right this is where you come in chase with your number three answer a number three answer okay so we're going to start domestic first because
0: uh, there, there's one place in the, in the whole United States that I would live uh, mainly for the city, but also for reachability to uh, other, other parts of the country, and that is Portland, Oregon. Um, I, Portland, to me, seems like an incredibly cool city. I've always been more of a West Coast guy over East Coast. Um, you know, I'm a big I'm a big coffee guy. There's a whole coffee scene there. There's a whole uh, music scene there. Uh, but more than anything, the area surrounding Portland is incredible. You got all the the forests and stuff like that. The the mountains, the rivers, it's all incredible. Driving distance to Seattle, you don't have to live in Seattle and deal with the rain. Uh, you can hop on a, a cheap flight and hop down the uh, the L.A. area if you want to. You can realistically drive to the Rockies uh, and make a day trip out of it, or a weekend trip out of it. There's just so much to do. You can hop up to Vancouver if you're, uh, you know, if you feel feeling a little moosey. Um, All kinds of options. Uh, so I did you I say think moosey? Said yeah, yeah. Moosey. I, I certainly did. <laughs> a little moosey. That's, uh,
1: <laughs> I felt that way my whole life. I had no word for it. There it yep. is.
0: You've been feeling moosey this whole time. Yeah.
1: So, um, so you're into travel options as a home base because in Mississippi you've got like Orange Beach or Memphis. Exactly, uh, <laughs> and New Orleans if you're feeling feisty. Not moosey, feisty.
0: Yeah, different. <laughs> totally different connotation. Totally
1: different mood. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll see that. That's a pretty strong number three. My number three is gonna uh is gonna sound like a whimper, except for part of our listening audience is gonna agree with this. I have always wanted to live in Oxford, Mississippi, always. Uh, My brother moved up there when I was 17. It was the first time I had really been there. And I'm like, man, I just love the feel of this town. It's gotten way more crowded than it was then. Part of the appeal is my brother lives there. And uh, we absolutely hated each other growing up. But uh, when we became adults, we absolutely love each other. So maybe I'm looking to make up for some lost time. Uh, He's a professor at the law school there and lives off old taylor road so it's like right there on campus and uh, maybe what i'd really like to do is just rent a room in his house maybe not uh, pay for the real estate up <laughs> it's there. a great but, house yeah it is a great house and i'm one of those guys that actually appreciates the square i know like everything is dramatically overpriced and a lot of the restaurants are not quite as good as people say they are there are a few really excellent ones um I'm a nostalgic guy. So when I'm there, I kind of feel like I've stepped back in time a little bit in all the right ways. Uh, so for me, it would be a, it wouldn't be a very difficult move. I could still be close to family, relatively close to family. And I still have that Mississippi feel of the way of life. Uh, but just a little more progressed, I think would be a, it'd be a cool town to live in to give it a shot. Uh, I've had some friends that live there. And they're like, it's not all it's cracked up to be because to, you know, to afford a place to live, you have to move like, way outside even past the airport
0: it's Uh, not about the money here you obviously have the
1: money to do whatever you want i can do whatever i want so uh, yeah um ideally i would be able to live in a smaller place with uh with no yard and pretty close to the action yeah i really like that
2: so why doesn't your brother uh come to the gym up there ben
1: well my brother is a runner uh so that's the the first thing he really enjoys to run Uh, The second is I just don't know that he's that committed to his physical health. (laughs) (laughs) That's something to say, isn't it? We've just always been very different that way. So he's a uh, he's one of those scholarly types, hence the professor at the law school. Uh, But when he when he is pursuing fitness, he gets a a pretty expensive pair of running shoes and just runs all over Oxford. So uh, weight training isn't his thing. But maybe when I'm on a visit up there, I could convince him to drop in.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think we need to get him in there, man. Nobody I'd love to would, meet
1: him. If I did not explain that he was my brother, nobody would would believe it. We we look really? nothing alike. Oh, oh, yeah. I can attest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and and don't before Chase goes there. It's not because he still has his hair. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Look very different. <laughs> All right, honey, your your third place.
2: Uh, I think so. For me, I went to New York City <clears> last year. And I just fell in love with it. I just love the hustle and bustle and the, all the energy there. And you can tell things are happening. I, I would have loved to live there um, maybe as a younger guy. Um, I wouldn't want to have a family there. But I think that being um, a young guy um, living in the city with just so much to do, like there, it, it just seems like there's endless things to do there. Um, I think it would be a cool place to live for a few years, for sure. Like I said, I wouldn't want to live there my entire life and I wouldn't want to, um, raise a family there, but I think, um, it would be a a cool place to live for, for a few years and just kind of, you know, see, see what all there is to do there. And, um, and you know, just, there's so much culture and so many different types of people there. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So I think my number three would be New York city.
1: And I've been to New York once and I was very young, uh, but I've been to larger cities and I think this is totally personality based, but my main experience in a large city is just being completely overwhelmed. It's like, I I don't know how to get places. I I couldn't get out of here if I had to. It's just like, I get this total panic, but uh, I've had lots of friends who actually did the loop of moving to New York for a while. And then when they were like, Oh my gosh, cigarettes are fourteen dollars. I, I got to get out of here. Then yeah. they go over. They go over to San Francisco. They live there for a minute, and they kind of end up somewhere in the south. But yeah, yeah I, I do experience a little bit of regret myself of not uh, biting off living in a place like that when I was when I was younger.
2: That's funny because I was like the bigness was like so appealing to me, and the like that vastness was was what really drew me to it. it. Is like there's so much going on here. Yeah, you would. I mean, if I was going to live there, I'd have to be making a pretty good amount of money because I would not (laughs) want to live there and not, you know, be, you know, living in like a 400 square foot closet um, and sharing a shower with three people. That's not what I would want to do. I mean, I'd want to be living comfortably for sure. But uh, if if that were the case and um, you had at least decent living uh, situation, I think it would be be a lot of fun.
1: Well, I may call you on that because you did put the caveat in there that you wanted to be a younger guy without a family. I mean, you're willing, people are willing to make uh, living uh, living compromises if they're able to have awesome experiences for, for a short period of
2: time. So, well, just because you're a younger guy doesn't mean you, you can't uh, make a good living. No, that's uh, that's
1: true. You probably read a book <laughs> about that. We're probably going to get to that in recommends.
2: All right, Chase, we're here,
1: number two. All right, my number two. It was a very this funny a... sentence to say, by the way
0: yeah <laughs> uh my number two is a little bit out of left field um so I went for my honeymoon uh i I had a dual europe location, uh extravaganza uh we We managed to squeeze in London and Paris in the same trip uh Paris don't ever, don't ever go there. Is not good. I know Hunter's probably about to swoop in and defend it.
2: What to uh, Paris? Yeah, yeah. I've never been, but I haven't heard great things.
0: Okay, I kind of I had a feeling Hunter had been, but maybe I was wrong. Anyway, uh, Paris extremely overrated. Uh, it's one hundred percent because of the people, architecture wise, and all of that stuff. It's it's incredibly cool. Um, but one thing that I think I would really enjoy trying. Uh, Even with the family, because I think it's feasible, is living like in in the suburbs of a smaller French city, uh, like a Nice or something like that. Um, I think French countryside has always been extremely cool to me. Uh, I I really don't even know why, but it just has. Uh, So I've always thought that would be a really cool option. The downside is that I would have to learn French, but, you know, je ne comprends pas. So it is what it is.
1: Would you just call me? <laughs> I haven't been called that since I was in the war. <laughs> in the war. <laughs> all right. So you you said a Paris suburb. Did I hear that correctly? No, not not a Paris suburb. Any other French city suburb. Any any other French city suburb. Okay. I'll get it. So I knew you were gonna jump overseas pretty quickly. Uh yeah. when the way that you started. So I think right, living
0: I'll, on the I think living on the English Channel would be pretty cool. Just so you could swim across it.
1: Yeah, you know me big swimmer (laughs) yeah that's right you're like the michael phelps of the podcast so yeah (laughs) um all right my my second is actually something that people are are going to be like they'll they'll 30 second ahead on this answer but i have my reasons um recently i've been thinking about how cool it would be to live in nashville uh because i took a trip with my wife up there and i'm like man this really is a cool place uh, we were just outside of Nashville, which is even better. You can jump in and get that feeling of all that stuff to do and then roll out and you're kind of in the countryside within a few minutes. Uh, also, my best friend growing up, uh, Will Smith, not the rapper, the kid from wow. Madison. Yeah, the kid from <laughs> Madison. Um, he, he lives up there and uh, we've been able as adults to live in the same city for about three months. And I would, I would love to change that because uh, he's he's just a, an important guy to me. Uh, so to be able to live up there and I'm in the church scene and I get the feeling there's lots of cool church things going on there because it's a growing city, uh, lots of younger people. So um, I'm not like making designs to get there, but if life fell that way, it would be, it would be pretty awesome. So uh, I don't know what I would do with the country music thing. I'm not a country music guy, but I feel like a lot of good artists move there just because of the music scene. And man, do I love music. Uh, you so, would you, you would
0: find the Americana scene. That's Definitely. buried
1: underneath the uh yeah, pretty pretty quickly. So um, and I, I hear there's lots of money to be made up there, so that's pretty cool. I mean, you have a city that's exploding with all sorts of things going on. There's just lots of um ways, like niche ways to make money, which would be cool for me. So Nashville is my second city. Very nice. Yes, yeah, so we're just headed north. I'm trying to get out of this freaking humidity that uh, makes me, you know, I'm a CrossFitter and I'm taking six breaks to cut my front yard. It's just debilitating.
2: Uh, so I think my second, uh, it's hard to decide, uh, but I think I would like to live overseas for a little while. I, like, just like my other one, I wouldn't want to stay there permanently. Um, but I think I'd like to live in Australia for a little while. Um, my wife actually lived there. And she loved it there. So I think it would be cool to live there for a year or two and um, just kind of live close to the beach, uh, meet, you know, experience a different culture and meet some different type of people. And every, every person I've ever met that lived there absolutely loved it. Um, so I'm definitely a beach guy. I think I think Australia would be a fun place to live. But like I said, I wouldn't want to be away from my family for too long of an extended period of time. It feels um, like
1: uh Cody fitness really would fit in in Australia. Like it just makes sense there, right?
2: Could be, could be. <laughs> no, it, yeah, I mean it's just uh it's a different culture over there for sure. I think uh it's a lot different than the uh than the south, but uh yeah, I I I would love to uh at least go there for an extended period of time. Maybe not live there for very long, but at least visit for a while. So, number 2, I think Australia.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody says you have to move there and never leave again. I mean, that really changes this question. So yeah, I'd say if you made it at least 18 to 24 months, you're good. You can say you live there.
2: Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's it goes without saying. All right, Chase, you better, after that manby pamby French suburb answer, we you really need to end on something strong here. All right, Oxford. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ben Just hadn't kidding. gone
2: outside of a six-hour radius <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: It's very Ben, though That's um, me, man I'm about to surprise uh, you guys with my last answer, though Not as surprising as mine
0: uh, Mine is, without a shadow of a doubt Helsinki Top of the list No Although <laughs> although, uh, It is Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Tr- Liechtenstein. Uh, always wanted to speak German, so we're going to do that. Uh, but I would want to live in Liechtenstein. Uh, one, because Liechtenstein, I think, is awesome. Uh, but also, once again, just like Portland, it's because of the location. I don't know if you know where Liechtenstein is, but it's literally smack dab in the middle of Switzerland uh, and uh, Austria. It's it's uh, a train ride away from literally every major continent-based uh, spot in Europe. And, and so – and it's a mountain-based country, and it's the major part of it. It's in, like, a valley. So all the villages are connected, like, with these trails and stuff. There's a super awesome lake smack dab in the middle of Vaudouz, uh, I think is the name of the capital. Um, I just think it would be awesome because, like, part of me wants to live in London – but also I've had English food and it's really bad. And I want to live in a place where like good food is extremely.
1: So Lichtenstein. Yeah. Reaching for the dream. I can respect that. Have you ever been? No, no. Okay. So this, so here's my answer. I've never been, I've just heard the way that people talk about it. Okay. Okay. And by people, I mean, actually close friends and my parents who are not young people, um, I actually would like to take a turn living in Ireland. I'd probably set it at a 24 month cap. That way I get like two experiences with all their holidays and whatnot. Uh, but the way people talk about their culture is very intriguing to me. And, uh, I have some, some of my family roots are actually in Ireland. So that'd be cool. You get that nostalgic piece. Uh, also, Uh, for the people in my life that enjoy pipe smoking peterson pipes come from there so i could, you know buy them a few and bring them back that'd be the only reason i'd do that but um I, i i hear and have seen that it's beautiful country and it would just be so other than i and that 24 months would allow me to get through that homesick or whatever and become a part of the culture so they also have really quality handcrafted hats for bald people
2: So, well, there you go. Yeah.
1: One of my criteria.
2: (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, you could just order
1: one, Ben. Yeah. Well, I have one, but it would be different for somebody to say, Hey man, nice hat. And be like, yeah, I picked this up when I lived in Ireland just to be able to drop that into conversation. You just, you just want the party, (laughs) the party anecdote. (laughs) That is it. That's I'll live in place 24 months to be able to say that for the rest of my life. (laughs)
2: That's funny. So, ben, uh, Chase, I've actually been to Liechtenstein before. Is it awesome? I was a kid. I don't really remember. Oh, I was there's like castles, too. Do there's what? castles. I said there's I castles. We were in, like, Austria and Germany and uh, Switzerland, and we went to a lot of castles. I do remember those. They were pretty sweet. Um, my number one is uh, San Diego. Uh, wow. I have some relatives, relatives that live there. And uh, they absolutely love it. Every person I've ever talked to that's lived there has said it's their favorite place to live. Um, I mean, it's seventy degrees and sunny year round. You got the beach. There's lots of stuff to do. Um, so I would. It's not too too far away. It's just a plane ride away from here. So um, that's definitely my number one. It fits all my criteria. It is pretty expensive to live there. So um, like I said before, I'd have to have a enough of an income to be able to support that. But um, Overall, I think that that's always been at the top of my list, or you know, pretty much most of my life. So San Diego number one, no doubt.
1: I'm really surprised that your number one isn't overseas. Yeah.
2: No, I wouldn't want to live outside of the US. I love the US. I mean, I I just think I've been I've been overseas. I've seen how it is to live over there and uh it's a lot harder life. Um uh, so uh I mean you take Google. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you take for granted in the U S that if you haven't been outside of it very much, you don't realize how, how good we've got it.
1: Yeah. Maybe that would change a few things in our current cultural climate. Uh, Listen, uh, I, can,
0: I can still log into Netflix and Liechtenstein. I'll be okay.
1: <laughs> That's a different can, podcast. But you're hey, going
2: s- to have to walk a long way to get wherever you want to go.
1: There you go. Yeah. You get your steps in. So, Hey, actually you <laughs> segwayed beautifully and then Hunter interrupted. With Netflix,
2: (laughs) we we get into our
1: the final segment of our podcast today, which is recommends recommends.
2: We need a we need a recommends soundbite or something.
1: Yeah, we do. We somebody should think of one of those. So, I actually have a recommend uniquely today. Uh, I know Hunter, you've always got one, and Chase. Let's just acknowledge you can think of a recommend on the spot. It's one of your many hidden talents. So I say we should go the rounds, and I'll get us started chase to give you some time to think i'm actually going to recommend (laughs) uh thank you i'm actually going to recommend a book that i don't think i've publicly recommended on any of the 17 podcasts that i participate in none of which are as important as this one i should be clear uh but this is a book that i read that i think addressed this general thinking that i have philosophy that everyone exists on someplace on the spectrum of an unhealthy independent or an unhealthy codependent. There's very few people that are falling right in the middle there when it comes to relationships. Uh, It's a book called boundaries by cloud and Townsend. It's famous. It's like, I don't know how many copies it sold, but it's kind of fallen out of popularity because it's such an old writing. Uh, It's a little bit of a thick, thick book. Uh, It's going to challenge you to think about how you participate in relationships, people, but also things. I think a lot of our problems in life come from the fact, at least mine have, that I haven't had healthy, clear boundaries with things going on around me, be it family, work, or even my fitness. Uh, So I would suggest it as a read, you can get it probably for 99 cents, and you're going to get 99 cents worth of information out of it. The book title, again, is Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend.
2: I've read that book. It was phenomenal.
1: Of course you have.
2: That's seriously like a game-changing book.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, when it starts talking about you putting healthy boundaries in place around your family, you're like, yeah. where was this when I was 12 years old? You know?
2: Man, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who's going next? Me or Chase? I'll go that way. The good recommend can be last. Chase um, you're <laughs> ready.
0: All right. I have two. What? I have
1: two. The first You can't one. triple stamp a double stamp.
2: <laughs> this is this is write this, write this down, whatever episode this is. <laughs> that's a good this question just, this is
0: history um all right number one i know people worry about their image yeah, i get it and yet i don't it's time to leave behind your airpods and go with some over the ear headphones bluetooth mm. headphones it is a game changer uh noise canceling if you can do it it is sh- the comfort comfortability mm. of an over ear versus an in-ear like that it just it doesn't compare and it stays on so well obviously because it's literally hugging your head uh it's great for any and all circumstances uh you should do it it's awesome uh i get you can stick airpods in your pocket It's n- it doesn't matter to me you're taking a backpack everywhere anyway so you might as well get you some like i like bows but there's other options out there uh second option i know we're in july but it's time for you to start prepping your your winter wear you need to go all in on sweatshirts this fall and winter
1: Mm. it is
0: it is a game changer for your overall comfortability style is changing it is now feasible to have a good looking sweatshirt and considered it dressed up enough for any kind of work you're doing
1: the time is an eye do it also also where we live makes that feasible like Mm -hmm. very few days where we live is a sweatshirt not adequate to handle the cold so i agree with you and you have a pretty strong sweatshirt game your road sweatshirt is is pretty much your number one right it is one hundred percent. My uniform is some black joggers and the roads, roads trek sweatshirt. What would you do if I walked in one day into your life and I had that exact sweatshirt on? I would be a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so two pretty solid recommends to think about being in a sweatshirt right now though just gives me an anxiety attack. So, but I'll, I'll loop sweater. back around when it's time to do that. All right, Hunter, you got to wrap us up, man. Make sure it's strong. Strong.
2: All right. So uh, I watched a movie uh, last weekend, I think. Uh, um, it's called The Lost City of Z. Z. Have you guys heard of it? The Lost what? City of Z. Oh, no. Oh, no. So it's a, a movie. Charlie Hunnan, uh, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, is the uh, main uh, the star. But it's about this uh, guy, this English guy who gets sent to uh Am- the amazon in like the early 20th century to chart a border between brazil and uh bolivia and uh he like has nothing he, like he doesn't have anything to do with you know making maps or anything uh but he goes and uh he kind of falls in love with the uh the country they're like going up and down the amazon river and meeting all these Indians and stuff. And he finds out about this uh, lost city, uh, which, uh, you know, they used to think El Dorado was down there, but he finds these ancient ruins and he's convinced that there's this uh, ancient city there. And so throughout the rest of his life, he keeps going back and looking for it. Um, And it's just fascinating. Like, it's so uh, cool to see, like, the exploration that this guy, these other people undergo Um, to try to find something that they don't think exists or that everybody else thinks exists, doesn't exist. You know, everybody in Britain laughs at him, but he keeps going back and looking for it and and getting evidence and stuff. But it's just a really cool uh, movie and it made me want to do a lot of research on it. So uh, I would highly recommend it. And then also the guy from uh, Twilight is in it, but I didn't even recognize him at all because he's got a a full beard, which is pretty crazy. Um, And I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize it until after the the movie was over who it was. Uh, is the main character from Twilight. He's in it, too. But it was actually a really good uh, movie uh, I would recommend. I think it was on Amazon, Amazon Prime. So uh, Lost City of Z, it's a good movie.
1: All right, episode done. Say goodbye, Chase. Can't be as good as
0: World War Z. See you guys later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>